Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 9. Alright. And she said unto her husband, Let's, I think it's better we start from verse 8 to make sense. And he fell on a certain day that Elisha passed to Shushan, Shunem, where was a great woman. And she constrained, I'm reading from King James, she constrained him to eat bread. She forced him, you have to eat. It's not bread, but eat food, okay? So forced him, eat please, come into my house. And that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. Because she, when she encountered him, she forced him, please, please eat something. Please. This is a noble woman. She was a noble, New King James said, a noble woman. Very prominent woman. He forced the man, please eat. Please, please. When he forced, it's not like she forced him as forced him, like um, the one, uh, Lydia. Lydia, Lydia said, please, if you, if I find favor before you, why don't you come and spend, instead of going to spend the night somewhere else with your team, let your team come to my house. I want to host you if I find. She was pleading and begging for the man of God, just come to my house, not come and visit me. I want to pay a cost, a price to host you in my house. I don't care how long you want to stay. Because you are a man of God. That's what Acts 16. And when she was baptized, uh, 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 when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. The same thing this woman did to Elisha. She constrained him. Please, I need you. Pass by it. So when Elisha went and saw the way she, he was handled, and he was handled like a prince in the great woman's house, he began to realize that anytime I'm around, this is a place where I'm always welcome and I will not be taken for granted as a beggar or someone who is in need. And I'll be honored. So he now be, it became his routine. Every time he's in town, he, he was in town, he planned with the woman. So instead of going to a restaurant now, that sometimes she, he would defer his eating because no, I'll get to the woman's house. Yeah. So he fell on a day that when Elijah passed, she where the great woman, she constrained him to eat. Uh, and so it was, as often as he passed by, he turned in Dida to eat bread. Now it became a routine. And she said unto her husband, it's like that wasn't enough. Now she said unto her husband, behold now, I perceive that this, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he comes to us that he shall turn in thither. So let us build, build a small apartment and on our property for him. Just this, it belongs to him. Let's build something. So anytime he comes, he has his own keys. He, this is where he lives. Because he, does, he comes here often. Let's do something to accommodate this man. May God give you such a wife. Amen. And God make you such a wife. Amen. Who is, influences your husband to honor an anointing. 
Not tell you, but we are too tired. Oh, no, no, this is why. Why is he all? Can't he also go somewhere else? Can't he go, go somewhere else? So she begged him and then she told the husband, they built him a house. Let us make him a chamber. And he felt on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and laid there. And he, you see, as soon as anointings are in dimensions and reactions are in there, this man, this man was coming there to eat regularly and maybe, well, I'm sure when he finishes, in God bless you, there you go. But this time, when they, went, they took the honor higher, he asked them, Tell, call the woman for me. So he told the servant, call this woman for me. And the woman came. Called the Shunammites. And when she had come, uh, called her, she stood before him. And he said to her, and he said, and he said unto him, say now to her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is it to be done for thee? Would, that, would thou be spoken for uh, to the kid? Or to the captain of the host, and she answered, "I dwell among my own. I'm not an immigrant. I don't have an uh, immigration issue, so me to have a voice. So I don't need anything in the land." And so the woman said, "I don't have anything. I really need you to do for me because you have been traveling and coming here. But me, I'm fine. I have everything." And and the Gehazi, the servant, because his spies, those some servants are very investigative. <laughs> And came and told her, the woman said, I'm fine. And he came and told the master, she doesn't have a child. Yeah. yeah doesn't have a child and her husband is old. So now it's like, no, no hope. Yeah. I think the woman has lived in that condition so much now, it has stopped becoming a prayer topic. So she didn't treat the husband, the man, the prophet, because she's looking for something. She honored because I perceive he's a man of God. Let's just give him his due. That whether we get anything from you or not, I just perceive the man of God. Those things can move an anointing towards your life radically. So the, the husband is also old. Then Elijah said to her, call, uh, the, the, call her for me. And when she uh, called, she stood at the door, the 16, and then he said, about, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, please, please, I beg you. We have tried everything. It's not working. I'm not doubting your anointing. But this thing, I mean, it looks like as for me, child, it doesn't work for me. The prophet left her. Go, I've spoken a word. If you, have an, if you have respected my anointing, once you have received me as a prophet and respected, now my anointing, from my anointing, I say, next year by this time, you shall have your own child. Amen. And she did have a child. She did. When she was giving him just food, he didn't ask for what God can do for you. When she stepped it out, with, he said, you have cared for us with all this care. Look at what you are going through to just make us comfortable. I need to do something about you. There's a way you can provoke an anointing on a man of God. Yeah. Some of us are so natural. Look at the crisis behind you and determine what anointing you go and provoke. <laughs> An anointing, the spiritually sensible thing to do is to see how you can provoke the anointing in your direction. So if I've discovered biblically secrets of kingdom blessings, 
Why should I, I, I keep it away from members? Why shouldn't I reveal it to my sons and my daughters? Why shouldn't I teach them how I've discovered that thing can work? Why should I hide it from people? Because you're afraid of what people will say. If you don't know your own church and you don't know that your church is not into money grabbing, then I think you also have a problem. You have a problem. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah! Now, there are mysteries. I've always been trying to speak about it. I've been quoting it for the past few days. In Luke chapter 8 verse 9. The disciples came to Jesus and they said that, what is the meaning of this thing you are teaching? And Jesus said, to you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He said, Jesus said to them, to you, unto you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That means that the kingdom of God has not a mystery, but mysteries. Mysteries are things that your mind can easily pick up. So it must be revealed. Then you get an answer. That's how somebody can stay here and say, me, I cannot be sick. Can stay and say, Me, I cannot go down. Because they have discovered that they, they know what they are talking about. It's insight. So the, the mysteries of the kingdom. There are many people who are in churches who don't know anything about the mysteries of the kingdom. Their life is left to chances. Some of the mysteries of the kingdom is the mystery of prayer, the mystery of praise. You can be praising God and things turning around for you. The mystery of tithing. But you see, some people are so smart, they think this whole thing is, a te- is techniques. You have to know how to manipulate things and anything. No. So many people come to church because they think, oh, maybe, so they, oh, okay, the pastor is praying for a And some people have mastered how to receive physically. They will lift their hand, but spiritually, nothing is flowing. The oil is not flowing. We can pour a whole bucket of oil on you and it will describe. Yeah. So there are mysteries of the kingdom. And it doesn't work like the way you think things must work. It works based on your insight. And the insight is loaded in scripture. And it's loaded with practitioners. If you don't understand it, you will, you will believe in God for breakthrough. Some of you are serving and you are serving with one eye open and the other one closed. But you are so smart. You will not give your best to God. And yet you want the best from him. I always say this and I'll say it again. If you don't have time for God, he doesn't have time for you. Most people don't understand the principles of the kingdom. And you don't have to see it before you practice it. You practice it by faith and you see it manifesting. That's why I'm very sure. The reason I'm teaching this is, I believe this year is supposed to be so favorable. But if we don't teach you the principle to tap in it, the season will pass like other times have passed. And you are still waiting. Your bus came to pass, you didn't see it. The next one came to pass, you didn't see it. Because I don't know. You thought the bus that is coming, it has bus 22. But the time you are catching the bus, is only the night bus that has N31 that goes to where you are going. It's not the bus, bus 22. Because bus 22 has stopped. It's too late now. So bus 31 is the one that can take you where you are. But you are standing in the night waiting for bus 22 instead of looking for the night bus. Somebody must tell you, listen, where you are, 
22 has stopped functioning for the day. Has stopped for the. It, you need that to catch the night, but someone needs to tell you. Because you'll be fasting and fasting and fasting and fasting and praying and banging the altar and yet nothing is happening because you have not started applying the kingdom principles. When God wants to help you, he will send you an anointed man. Look at the Shunammite one. The Shunammite one said that this is a man of God. I see something about him. Let's do something. And by approaching them, they tapped into something greater. Wow. Tapped into something greater. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 45 to 46, lovely text. Verse 45, Matthew 13, 40. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man who seeking goodly, uh, goodly pearl. When, who, when he had found one, one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. He was looking for something very important and he found one. Right. <gasps> he went and sold everything. Everything he had brought the money to buy this because he knows if I buy this, I can get all these other things. This thing, I've discovered it. There is a price in tapping into the anointing. There's a price. There is a price. Somebody say there's a price. Let me just, let me just give you the seven points. Point number one. The cost of your time. You don't have time to come and sit here. You don't have time. You are not ready for the anointing. Pastor, can I see you after I finish? When I finish work, I'll come. When you finish, see, most people do it when it's convenient for them. You, the anointing will cost you time. Sometimes you travel from a far place and sometimes go, go, anointing! Anointing. And you are so gentle. You are not aggressive enough. You are not aggressive enough. You must be so determined that I'm going. If you see that there's an anointing deposited in a vessel, whatever you do, time you. So to catch an anointing, it will cost you time. Time. Many people can spend hours watching TV. Hours watching football. Hours watching Netflix. Hours. <laughs> many people can spend hours on useless socializing, but have no time to socialize with God. And so I can't go on Monday. If you are desperate for anointing, you will make time. You will make time. Make time. People have time for everything. Except for God. Look at the amount of time you spend surfing internet looking at different type of clothes. <laughs> Only those who make time, who have made time and spent precious hours waiting for the anointed and his anointing are worthy to receive it. These are basic things that a lot of people don't know. You, have, you come to church like you have come to a to theater. You come to an event. Sitting down to observe what they will do to you. If the pastor is good, you will receive something. Some people say, oh, I can tell the pastor is very good. I felt something. I felt what? Are you getting what I'm saying? Come and while away time and go. You must come with a mission. 
a mission because listen, there is a lot of anointing in this house. Yes. There's a lot of it will change your story hand down. Hands down. I've seen it happening for many, and there's always more to be done for you. Praise God. Quickly, number two, the, it will cost, is the, the, first of all, the cost of your time. Secondly, the cost of humility. Humility. We can't correct you. Lift hands, you can't lift hands. I'm too important for this. People love the things they, that make them great. So they love what makes them look important. If you are not prepared to part with what makes you great, you cannot have the anointing. I'm not ready to catch that. It's something you have to part with what makes you great. Yeah. You come, they say, sit there. It doesn't matter, you sit there. Yeah. They say, oh, go here, here. Uh, uh, rise to your feet. You, you, you are willing to part with what makes you important so you can tap into the, anoint, the anointing. How can you be in an environment like this and finish with offense? Offense in church is a clear reflection of pride. Because you didn't come to see God. If you are God-centered and God-focused, it will be hard to anything. Uh, it said nothing shall, but let's say that whose house are set up, nothing shall offend them. Yeah, I think in Psalm 165. Great peace are they which have, which love their law, and nothing shall offend them. They love your law, oh God, your system, whatever you are doing, I love it, I love it, I love it. You don't see anything wrong. People come, some people, they come, they sit down, they see, oh, look at the problem. Look at the problem. And this person, anyone who tells you people, people don't like him in the church, in any church, they are proud. They are proud. Anybody who makes that preposterous statement, they are proud. Nobody likes me. Nobody likes me. What do you mean? Can you quantify it? Are you the center of gravity? No. It is Satan who is trying to lure you away to smash you because you have run into a place of refuge. Some of you, you don't know. Demons behind you from your family background are very upset with this church thing you are doing. They are very upset and they are trying to find a way to exempt you. The way they have, they, they have some demons are familiar with how to deal with you. They are called familiar spirits. Your former girlfriend all your former relation, good relationship, it was supposed to be good relationship. Your former good positions, job, education, other things, businesses, they did something. They have a way, they make your emotions, they want your emotions, and you smash everything and you lose it. So when anything good is coming, they will trigger your emotions. So now you come to church and then they will use uh, a drama to trigger your emotions. They will use a chorister, an usher, and anybody, somebody, a team member to trigger your emotions. It gets to a time, I'm tired, I'm tired. Some of you ladies, a sign that you can be good wife and you can stay married is your humility to be able to serve in a department. Every genuine Christian wants to do well in life, man, learn how to pray, break me, Lord. Break me, Lord. Break me, Lord. I'm too important to myself. Break me, Lord. I'm too proud. Break. You can't tap into anointing with your pride. Listen, some of you, <laughs> look at the things you did during Christmas. <laughs> you should be the first to get here for prayer. Because you don't know what you have possibly contracted. You don't know what you have possibly contracted. 
This is a new year. Believe God that the mercy of God will speak for you and fight for you. One of the things I discovered about God that is very interesting and so lovely is that sometimes you can be so wrong in something you have done. But if you have such a humble and a good attitude, God can still bless you. People will be confused. But why is he blessing them? Why is he blessing No, this one doesn't deserve it. And God will still bless Because your attitude. David slept with somebody's wife and killed a man. And, and they married the lady later and gave birth to Solomon. And he, Solomon became the heir. We were David had other proper children. But David's attitude, David's attitude towards God. He, 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 he said, God, what I did. People, human beings do wrong. Yes. Yeah. You, it's, not a, it's not every wrong you do that is meant to work against you. But some have the propensity of working against you. You can turn it around by pleading to the message of God in a, with a certain attitude. There are some things when you do, you have provoked the mercy of God on your life. Wow. Why do you know? Why you know? You know that. Look at the kind of things you have done. The kind of things you have done that, if anyone needs mercy, is you. So you have to learn how to sacrifice time and cost anything to provoke an anointing. There is a way you can have issues, but still anointing will work for you. Because of your attitude towards the anointed. And remember, the anointing is always deposited in an anointed. You can't separate the two. On earth, you can never separate. There's nowhere there's, an, there's anointing without anointed. Anywhere the anointed is, the anointing is there. Anywhere the anointed is, the anointed. Because the anointed comes with the anointing. Come to the anointing. There's nowhere there's anointing. It's like anointing is just like the, when you see a lion in the zoo. Yeah. No. It's not. No. Every land belongs to somebody. Every land belongs to somebody. No man's land. Go and take it and see. <laughs> anointing is always with a human being, with a vessel, because anointing is oil. It must be put into something. And then, so there's never any time you will see anointing somewhere is waiting. No. But when, how do you know there's anointing here? When you see an anointed there, he comes with his anointing. Wow. You can't separate the two. So sometimes, you may not like the person of the anointed, the, his person, but the anointing is on him. So you have to, that's why humility comes in. You have to ignore a lot of things that personally you don't like. I don't like. I don't like. But they're anointed. So you have to just turn a blind eye on petty things unless it is moral issues or doctrinal issues. If you need anointing, look for the anointed. And you are making a destiny, it's a travesty of destiny to see an anointed and treat the anointed ordinarily. Because that's your chance for the, to access the anointed. The Shulamite woman, he said, I perceive you are a holy man. I, I can tell. I can tell. And whatever it takes to endorse this in my house, I'm going to do it. I'll pay any price. And when she paid a higher price, she got a higher reward. The cost of openness. Openness. People love their secrets. They don't want, they, they don't want to part with their little secrets and their covered dignity, a dignified life. 
<laughs> it is wonderful how people come to the anointed and try to trick him. Pretend to be humble servants and obedient followers. Yeah, this is the spirit of Herod. Herod said, go and look for the baby Jesus. Come and we also go and worship him. He's lying, you know. So you have come, you are dealing with an anointed person and you are lying. You are pretending to be what you are not. You want anointing to help you, but you choose to take offense when the anointed is speaking. I'm telling you, there's no hope for you. There is no hope for you. And if you jump to another anointing, the same thing will come because anointings are connected. The same thing. What you are looking for, God has put it in an anointing. And for it to work for you, you have to have a certain approach. It will cost you time. It will cost you humility. It will cost you openness. Be open. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Anthony, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, Please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.